Hello there, and welcome to episode 89 of Supercast Bros, the podcast where we talk about Super Smash Brothers and nothing else. Just kidding. This is episode 89 of the Game Sharks podcast where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, video games. My name is Andrew. My name is Jeff. And I'm Nick. That's right. Joining us for the first time in a while is our good, good friend, Nick Vinaco. Uh, but today we are actually talking about Smash Brothers. Uh, we are going to be discussing the two DLC fighter passes that most recently wrapped up with the release of Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Um, and we're kind of just going to take a look back on all of the characters that have come out, what they mean for us personally, and you know the spirit of the game and the competitiveness and all of it, and really attack it from all angles. Uh, and maybe maybe at the end we'll do a fun little list, a ranking of, of all of the DLC characters, but we will see. Uh, but as always, we are going to start by talking about our shark bites. Uh, Jeff, hit us first. All right. So uh, a while back, I don't know if you remember, but there was the NVIDIA mega leak uh, where like a bunch of stuff got leaked from NVIDIA that had a list of a whole bunch of different stuffs. Stuffs. Uh, a bunch of different stuff. Um, most notably recently we got the confirmation that god of war is coming to pc so people are the more time that goes by the more and more people are like this nvidia leak seems pretty you know legit because more stuff on the list just keeps happening uh one of those things that was on that list was final fantasy tactics remaster which has me so bad insanely excited uh so since then there have been two things including one thing that happened today that kind of further confirm that this is likely a thing the first thing that happened was that someone uh sent out a tweet saying i received a survey from square enix and they are talking asking me all these questions about tactical rpgs um and they, they talk about Final Fantasy Tactics quite a lot in the survey, but they also mention things like Ogre, Tactics Battle, um, Fire Emblem, Disgaea. Um, I think they talk about Triangle Strategy at some point. But anyways, so the guy, he's like kind of like deciphering the entire survey that he got. And everything seems to be pointing to uh, a Final Fantasy Tactics remaster. And then today... There was a leak from a website called Instant Gaming that has a listing for Final Fantasy Tactics Remaster with a um, like a art cover art included, um, and it's listed as being released in 2023. I don't know. Obviously, this is all speculation. These are all leaks, rumors, but uh, that could potentially be the single greatest video game remaster for me of all time because I. Final Fantasy Tactics Advance is one of my all-time favorite games, and I loved the second game on the DS, and I've always wanted to play the original. Um, I have a feeling when I do, it will probably overtake the advanced version on my list of top games of all time, maybe even push it up higher. But um, I actually was considering, because it's on our our backlog, I put it on the most recent list of games for us to play. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, part of me is just like, maybe I'll just start it early because I'm probably going to put hundreds of hours into it and I bet you guys aren't even going to beat it. So um, I'm going to do my best. Yeah, I told you guys there's no pressure to actually beat it because um, it is a, a pretty big game compared to a lot of the other things that we try to play for the book club. But uh, yeah, I'm insanely excited and I hope this is absolutely real because playing this game is actually really difficult to do. You can either buy a copy of the physical PS1 version or you can try to track down a PSP and at the War of the Lions version, and then other than that, it's on, like, the Google Play and App Store, but like, I don't want to play it on my phone, you know, so this would be, like, a perfect Switch game. Anyways, that's it. Final yeah, Fantasy Tactics. I mean, I'm taking Love I it. mean, I'm taking a look at the list as a whole of the leaked games, and there's a lot of really interesting names here. Another big one is Half-Life 2 Remastered. Half-Life yeah, 2, one of the greatest video games ever made. There was uh, a uh, Final Fantasy IX remaster, or remake, specifically. Does it say remake? Wow, interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's also Chrono Cross remastered, even a Kingdom Hearts 4 unannounced yeah, which, title by which Square Enix. They did say they are going to make more Kingdom Hearts in the future. That's... RE4 remake, Street Fighter 6, Monster Hunter 6, uh, a new Bioshock. There's a lot of games in here. 
Yeah. So there's no way of knowing how much all of this is true, but it would be insanely friggin' cool to have a lot of these things that are on this list. Oh, Specifically, sure. Nick, Earth Defense Force 6, EDF, EDF. <laughs> uh, not many people even know what EDF is, but back Never in high school, Nick was like, do you want to play this game called Earth Defense Force where you play as this futuristic army fighting giant ants that come down from space? And I was like, yeah, I, I do want to play that. <laughs> Also so, notably on this list, Goat Simulator 2. Oh. Oh, that's a big one. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, I am, I'm I'm excited to play Final Fantasy Tactics. So uh, it, depending on how the RNG shakes out, maybe this will be announced slash come out by the time we get to it. Well, the, the most recent leak from the, the website uh, that had a posting or a listing forward said 2023, but. Oh, okay. So, I mean, knows? but hey, at the rate we're going, maybe. Maybe. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, Nick, what is your shark bite? My shark bite? I think I just came up with it just now, as Jeff said. <laughs> hey, have you heard of EDF? Um, so, I missed the days of Blockbuster. Blockbuster video. It's going to go. Right I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it reminds me of this other game we played called The Club. Club. <laughs> um, which was like. I don't even know how to... It's kind of like Bulletstorm, to, to, to give it a modern example today. It was like you ran through the level, third-person shooter. Is Bulletstorm first-person? If anyone knows first-person shooters. I never played Bulletstorm. Um, but I do okay. remember, yeah, the club. It's like running through yeah. a level, basically, right? And then just trying to get there as fast as possible and mowing everyone down along the way. Mm-hmm. You get points as you went through. But it it was um, just, just the whole blockbuster scheme of you know going in there getting a game playing it for a week bringing it back <laughs> getting a new one deleting someone's old save from it or continuing from their save i don't know if you guys ever did that no <laughs> well i mean back in the day when blockbuster was around it would have been tied to memory cards right uh depending, depending on, the on the yeah depending on the system obviously yeah. the cartridges like, I, I, when i was going to blockbuster i was renting gamecube games so yeah so uh, when i rented games as a kid it was n64 games so yeah. then it was like i always had a habit of putting my game in the second slot because you know the first slot is always the one that people delete and whatnot and then the third slot is the one that like some weirdos really like the third slot but no one cares about the second slot so that was always my logic like save my game in the second slot because it's the most likely to be there when i try to rent the game again uh nick have, I, have you ever heard of a thing called xbox game pass I don't know if you've listened to the podcast recently. We talk about it a lot. I, or ever. I, refresh me on this. I, I think I may have heard it in passing. <laughs> Remember when I told Game you, hey, passing? if you if you get Xbox Game Pass uh, and play Le or Back for Blood and Halo Infinite, it will pay for an entire year worth of Game Pass, and then you didn't do that. <laughs> and you bought yeah. Back for Blood. Yeah. So Game Pass is like the new version of Blockbuster. It's like the Netflix. It's like the amount of yeah, times yeah. I've gone on there and been like, oh, I've heard cool things about this game. Or like, oh, this is a cool indie game that I was looking forward to. It's on Game Pass Day 1. And I just download it, and I can either play it for an hour and hate it and not worry about it because I'm subscribed to Game Pass, or I can fall in love with the game. Like, last year, um, Star Renegades was this, like, roguelike uh, JRPG battle game that I fell in love with that I never mm. would have played without Game Pass. Yeah, but I, I feel like it's just a longer scroll through to me ending up back playing League again. <laughs> Because uh, looking at your Steam library, and you're like, I have 200 games in here. I should play some. Let me open. Well, me. it's it's like Jeff go. just <laughs> said. As long as like as long as there's one game at per year that you play on Game Pass, it pays for itself. Two. You have to play two games a year through. Game well, Pass. why? What is it? Sixty dollars games. Uh, if you do um, Game Pass Ultimate, I think it's fifty. Oh well, I don't have Game Pass Ultimate. I just have regular Game Pass. So as long as I play one game a year on Game Pass, then it pays for itself, and you yeah. have access to not only that but so many other games. And this kind of ties into what my Shark Might was going to be, which is the Forgotten City, which is a game that came out uh, earlier this year that a lot of people, critics, personalities have been absolutely obsessed with. And I've been meaning to try it out for a while, but I really didn't even know what like console it was on, what like how much it cost, how I could play it really. And then it came to Game Pass last week and I played it in less than a week and now I love it. So Yeah, you yeah. and Derek both played it and loved it. I'm currently playing it. It hasn't really gripped me yet. I just I don't know. Uh it's a Skyrim mod previously that they turned into its own game. Uh which is kinda cool. Uh, yeah, which I don't know. I was talking to Derek a bit about it and I think he thinks what my problem is is I have been 
just running around looking for new people to talk to and just kind of like getting a sense of the area where he says like just go down the checklist as soon as you have like an objective go do that objective because it oh, kind yeah. of pushes you forward yeah there's so, a bunch of leads yeah so i'll i guess when i boot it up again i don't want to give it up on it yet if i by the end of my next session i'm not liking it then i'm probably going to drop it and just like look oh. up what happens yeah because you were telling me that you were a couple hours in and nothing had really happened and I, I guess it must just be the difference in our play styles because i when i was a couple hours in i had made so much happen that i was like i need to see where all of this goes you know i'm pretty sure i was kind of sequence breaking the game like if i had done what you did and gone around and talked to everybody then i wouldn't have like i discovered things out of order right like i had I, I think I got an entire ending to the game before I even discovered one of the characters. And I was like, who are you? Like, you've been here the whole time, you know? Like, yeah. it, it is such, it's so sandboxy. I think it strikes such a nice balance between the, like, the sandbox nature of, it's like in the middle of Outer, Outer Wilds and Deathloop, where Outer Wilds is like no leash. It lets you go off on your own. You have, like, vague leads, but really no, like, way to know how to do them and but forgot and, and but whereas death loop has like objective markers oh no, you are yeah okay. yeah death loop has Sorry. objective markers uh that are very clear like go here here and here and then connect these dots and then you're good uh but forgotten city kind of does both where it will give you leads and sometimes there are objective markers that will like point you in a direction uh but often it will give you a lead and you can set it as your current objective but it won't tell you anywhere about where to go. And so you have to put the pieces together yourself. And there's a lot of creative puzzle solving in the game itself. And so there's like connecting the dots over the course of that game. It's just this consistent ramp. I just like, I I loved it. Yeah. It sounds like I just, I just chose to play the least optimal or like the least exciting way because with outer wilds, Playing that game was fun because you are mastering traveling through space and like quantum physics and quantum puzzles, which is crazy. And so far in two hours of playing this game, all I've done is walk and talk to people. I'm bored out of my mind. But Derek says some interesting mechanic, or I think you were saying some interesting mechanic things start to happen. Yeah. And once you like learn, like, because the the cool thing about this game in, uh, that is unique to it is that you can manipulate the loop to your advantage. Which I don't know if something also, that you've noticed. I haven't. I've only done. I'm in the first loop still. Yeah, exactly. So once, yeah, once you start looping and once you actually reset it, that's when it gets way more interesting because okay. there are there are things tied to resetting time in this game that don't happen in Deathloop and Outer Wilds, which make it like different than those games. Okay. I won't. I won't spoil what those things are because I think that like those two other games, the sense of discovery is the most important thing in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, you should definitely keep trying it. Yeah, I'll, like I said, I'll give it one more shot, probably like another hour or two, and if it's not grabbing me yet, because I think I've run out of places to go and people to talk to. So now it's just a matter of doing the stuff on my checklist. Yeah, and like once you once you start doing things, then you'll start to like figure out just all the pieces will start to fall into place. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, Do you think awesome. he just got like overwhelmed with like learning this person's name and oh, in this town this stuff happens and this family lives in this area and because yeah. It's just like, so you'll talk to someone and they'll say like, like, for example, there's one dude who's in a prison cell and he's like, hey, go talk to this person about trying to let me out of the prison cell. But instead of going to talk to that person about the guy in the prison cell, I just went, I was like exploring the map still and I found a new person. That person's like, hey, go talk to this person about getting them to vote for this guy to become the new mayor. And just like, everyone has just given me like one thing. It's like, hey, go talk to this person. So like. I haven't done any of those things that the people are asking me to do. I'm just talking to people, new yeah. people still. And I think like Andrew was saying, or Derek was saying, once I start doing those things and like in the menu, there's a checklist that says like, there's the main quest. And then there's like the inquiries or whatever. It's like, this person said, you should go check this thing out. Yeah. Um, so I think once I start doing that, it'll start to. Yeah. It all, it more. all ties together really nicely by the time you figure everything out. Okay. So that's yeah. good. It, I just say that because um, my friend and I, we were playing Monster Hunter Worlds, and we both bought the game fresh, started it fresh, never played a one before that. And he was trying to learn, like, everything, every mechanic. Oh, you know, craft these potions, craft these traps, learn this, create these items, and all this armor and everything. And I just kind of, like, went through it. Once I learned the attack, I was just like, all right, I have a sword, I'm going to go hit stuff. <laughs> and once yeah. I hit, like a like, a 
not a plateau, but just like once I hit like a really, really like, oh, I'm really struggling to take down this monster. Okay, go back to town. Let me learn how to upgrade my armor, you know, and then oh, I'm doing no damage. Let me learn how to make a new weapon. And oh, you need to capture this for a mission, like, you know, t- 20 hours into the game. Oh, okay. Well, now we'll make a trap and learn how to capture the monster. So it's kind of yeah. like he tried to take in everything at once and figure out what was going on. But instead of just kind of going along with the flow. Mm hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think that's definitely where I'm at. Yeah, it's yeah. like, Jeff, I know, you, like you had mentioned, the guy in the prison, I didn't even know he was there until I had already exhausted all of my other leads. Oh, really? Yeah, so like, <laughs> until I until I needed him, like, I almost didn't even know he was a character. Because I was just kind of like, putting putting dots together and, and you know, uh, or uh, fulfilling other leads and, and mm. you know, figuring other stuff out. Um. So yeah, there's a lot, and it's really creative too, and it goes to some cool places. Yeah. Especially wanna... by the time you get to the true ending, the true ending is like, it it's... it kind of blew my mind a little bit. It's one of those things where it's like everybody loves this thing, but it's not clicking for me. So it makes me think like, okay, what am I doing wrong? What am I the dumb one? You know, it's one of those things. But most of the time, I would tell you, no, you're entitled to your opinion. But in this specific instance, yes, you are just being dumb. <laughs> All right. I really don't want to get to the end of the game or get to the game of the year at the end of the year. And then you and Derek are like, this is my number one game. And I'm like, I, there's no way, you know, <laughs> and because you can bet your butt Tekon's not going to play this. Adam might. Does Adam have Game Pass? Uh, You know, I think Adam has talked about. Like, I think he's done yeah, the Nick Vinaco. Yeah, where he's like, oh, yeah, I'll get it. And he just hasn't. And then buys games that are on Game Pass. Yeah. At least you're buying, you don't have Game Pass and you're accidentally buying games on it. Whereas Tikan has Game Pass and is still buying games that are on Game Pass. He's done that oh. like two or three times. Good. He, just, okay. he just doesn't check. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but moral of the story is get Game Pass and when you get it, you should play The Forgotten City because it's really great. Got you. Uh, but that's just going to about do it for that. So, guys, why don't we move right in to talking about the Super Smash Bros. DLC? So, for the purposes of this, we will not be including Piranha Plant, because he... I consider him a base game character. He released on the same day as the game's release. He is not technically a part of the Fighter's Pass. Uh, He was free DLC, so for that reason, he will not be included. You have to pay for him now, though, right? Now, sure, but... But, like, that's... It's very few people who, at this point, are buying the game we didn't already have it you know at least that's how i see it yeah and and if you are buying the game why would you want to pay money for piranha plant he's my main that's nick's new main is it (laughs) new main every time if you become a plant main i will kiss you on the mouth every time nick i play the game with nick he's like oh time for me to pick my new main and he's like just plays a new character (laughs) i've never seen him play before yeah (laughs) anyways yeah so let's just start right chronologically with joker so do we want to like kind of structure how we're going to do this with each character? Like, uh, I'm thinking I mean, we can talk about their reveal trailer, which is I think kind of the biggest part. Yeah, of we can thing. we can start with the reveal trailer. Maybe like you know talk about where we were when they happened and events and, and, and yeah, and then. Um, but I, like I want to hit things like uh, how do we feel about the character's inclusion? Where do we think like is the character good? Where do we think they affect right. like the professional meta and stuff like that? Um, and then. Uh, yeah, and then kind of at the end, like give I like I have a list of like favorites or like best of kind of thing. Like, what's your favorite reveal trailer? Who's your favorite character to play as? Who's your favorite addition? Like stuff like that. I have I didn't make separate lists. I made one list that encompasses all of that. Okay. Um. So we'll get there. Yeah. So let's start with Joker. So Joker was revealed at the 2018 Game Awards. 19. I think it was the 19. day the game. No, it was 2018. It was really the day the, day the game was released. Oh. Or the okay. day before, because Game Awards uh, was on Thursday night. Smash Bros came out that Friday. Yeah, that. Well, here's the thing: in my mind, we were watching the Game Awards, staying up till midnight to play Smash. That's, so that's in my right. mind, it's like yeah. the day. So <laughs> where we we played our first best of five in Smash Ultimate: Pikachu versus Link. Yeah. Little I did we win. know, Pikachu was the best character in the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the Joker reveal trailer kind of came out of nowhere, as we said. You know, the game hadn't even officially released yet, so to think that we were getting the first DLC announcement already was kind of mind-boggling. Like we had always yeah. like held it as a possibility in our minds, especially with a game with an, an event as prestigious as the Game Awards, right? 
uh, like they had they'd been consistently releasing all of the fighter reveal trailers up to the game's release, but like that was all for base game characters, and this was for a uh, for for not a base game character for DLCs. And the way they start it, it's like it doesn't start with the Smash logo, you know, mm-hmm. like. All we know is it's, you know, a Persona related thing. And we knew that Persona 5R was coming out, you know, soon-ish. Like, I think it was coming out soon in Japan. And then it wouldn't have come out for, like, another year and a half in NA. But, like, we... It was reasonable to assume, Persona 5 being as popular as it is, that it could have just been some random Persona related thing. But then they flipped the envelope and it's the Smash logo. And then everyone's like... What? Loses their minds. And the way the trailer's set up, it's like the characters are aware. It's like the lights go dark in uh in the Game Awards stadium. And it's like playing like Joker is infiltrating the Game Awards, which is really cool. And they I think they talk about it, like, what is Joker doing alone at the Game Awards? And they're like, Oh, is he stealing a treasure? So they're leading up to it. It's like this event and everyone's kinda like, What is going on? It is really cool. And yeah, and then you get the big reveal that oh, he got he's he's coming to smash and yeah like you said like we didn't even know for sure that there was going to be dlc in this game uh like we assumed because no smash i'm 4 pretty sure DLC. at this point they had announced that they were doing a fighter's pass no this really? is yeah because at the end of the joker trailer they said as part as fighter pass one is like or yeah i thought I they announced said, i thought they announced the fighter pass after piranha plant i don't remember I, it was definitely a big deal because the game wasn't even out yet and they were announcing the first DLC character. Um, do you have any thoughts about this, Nick? Did you watch this live? What? I, I don't even remember where I was. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, no. I was kind of kind of out of it. I was like, oh, Smash Brothers is coming out? Cool. And it really wasn't brought to me because even in my circle of friends, I have one who who got Persona 5 last year. Yeah. So what wasn't really Joker really wasn't even relevant. <laughs> yeah, I mean this Joker's reveal trailer was the inciting incident for me to play Persona 5. It was always on my list, you know, I think I I really entered the like gaming industry sphere in terms of just my attention span, kind of my, you know, cognizance of it uh in 2017 right when the switch came out when breath of the wild was was making the rounds that was really the first year after i graduated high school that i started to actually like pay attention to the industry where i was aware of like okay game awards review scores you know critical reception all of that shit and and i started paying attention to like you know bigger game reveals because i'd had a ps4 for a couple of years up until that point but had never really ventured out far outside of nintendo games so I had made it a goal to play all the 2017 Game of the Year nominees, uh, so I had already played Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey, but then I made it a point to play Horizon Zero Dawn and Persona, uh, and so Joker getting revealed for Smash was the reason I played Persona, and is now one of the reasons Persona 5 is one of my favorite games ever, and now one of Jeff's favorite games ever. Same exact story for me. Uh, it was the combination of like this reveal trailer, Joker being such a cool character in Smash, Loving JRPGs and then you talking so highly of it. I was like, okay, uh, it's time for me to give this a shot. And yeah, now it's my second favorite game of all time. And I think the only potentially thing... first if you discount bias. I was gonna nostalgia. say, I think the only thing stopping it from being number one is nostalgia. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's incredible. And then what? Going back and watching this trailer with the knowledge of Persona Five is such a cool trailer. I think it's so well done. They like, it really gives you the vibe of persona and just how cool that game is yeah because the dialogue in the trailer works exactly the same way that the dialogue in the game works where it's like almost every member of the phantom thieves is chiming in Mm -hmm. and commenting on joker just being cool and sneaking in and like stealing something and they're like oh did you send him a calling card and then the reveal of no we got the calling card this time (laughs) yeah it's just so cool um so yeah big fan of the joker reveal trailer yeah but as for joker himself in smash brothers Obviously, he is kind of uh, synonymous with the Smash Ultimate meta at this point. It's been a couple of years since his release, and he has been in contention for best character in the game almost since then. There, I think there yeah, was a, was a like short a... there was a short period after he released where people were like, I don't know, he might be a mid tier. He doesn't really have a lot of you know like tools. And then everyone realized, wait, he's super busted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was about a month of people being like, because remember when Kaleo went to a tournament in Japan and used exclusively Joker, and 
I actually was listening to Tweak's podcast earlier about this, and he got 33rd at that tournament. And, like, Leo doesn't get anything less than second place. So it was like, people were like, oh, man, Joker's real bad. But, yeah, it didn't take long for him to easily be, yeah. like, definitively top two since basically that month after his release. Yeah, up until, spoilers, the release of, like, Pyra and Mithra, it wasn't really a contest outside of Pikachu and Joker, who the top two characters in the game were. Like, yeah. people could argue on any given day which of the two of them was better than the other, but Joker was still up there, you know? And, you know, I, despite how good he is, or I, maybe even because of how good he is, he's really, really fun to play as, you know? Yeah. Like, all because all of his moves are fast. Uh, Arsene can create a lot of shenanigans. Like, he just has... All of his animations are stylish, right? Like, he just... As a as a Persona fan and not as a Persona fan, he is a fun character. Yeah. Um, he definitely... I've had, like, a few sessions where, like, okay, I'm playing Joker for... Only Joker for, like, an extended period of time. And when I do that, it's just, like, his... The movement he allows you kind of spoils the game because then you try to go play other characters. You're like, oh, you're... You're not as fast and precise as this character. Like, I can be anywhere at any time when I want to using Joker. And then I switch off and I'm, like, playing, like, Lucario. And I was like, oh, he's floaty and weird. How do I... I want to <laughs> be, be here at this exact moment, but it takes me, like, a second and a half to get there. Yeah. Um, so he kind of spoils you because of how pristine his movement is. He probably has yeah. the best movement out of any Smash character ever. Yeah, it's like because there's the combination of his of his fall speed and weight and and run speed and aerial drift and all of it. Just like he does feel kind of like the quintessential speedster combo character, even though he doesn't have a lot of like true combos. But like the creativity that he allows you to string moves together and like just the the tools in his arsenal, like that's why he's such a good character. Is not only because his frame data is insane. But because, like, you can use a lot of the moves in his kit at any given time, and almost all of it will be beneficial to you. Uh, I think the most important, uh, and, like, one of the last things we should say about Joker is it kind of opened the door to be like, okay, we weren't sure going in, because the first, we saw the Piranha Plant thing, and we're like, oh no, what is, like, is the DLC yeah. for this game just going to be Nintendo exclusives? Are they going to be, like, weaker characters like this? Yeah, when, when, you see when, Joker, we, when we bet on who the DLC were going to be, because of Piranha Plant, you guessed Koopa Troopa is going to be a DLC character. And yeah. then when Joker got revealed, that blew everything out of the water, because there were, like we've mentioned many times on this show, there are, there have been a number of perceived quote-unquote rules with smash character additions where fans try and analyze past trends or patterns or conditions to each character's involvement in the game and they try and apply that to who they think will then get added next and so up until joker's release every single character had a game in some capacity on a nintendo console and joker broke that rule which has been known to happen where Persona wasn't on Nintendo. And so out the only two rules were that they couldn't be an assist trophy and um they had to originate in a video game. They had to yeah, originally come from a video game. The and technically the uh or the video game origin was only the ever rule. Really. You know, cuz like yeah. Ever, like I'm I'm sure if Sakurai wanted to, he could have made an assist trophy a character. Sure. And and up until the very last announcement, we were keeping that on the table. You know, you were advocating Waluigi. super hard for Waluigi the whole time, and I was like, <laughs> no, he's an assist trophy. But yeah, yeah. yeah so Joker Joker yeah. really opened the floodgates <laughs> to to everything that was possible, and that kind of showed immediately with the second DLC character release, which was Hero from Dragon Quest. Yeah. Um, how, Nick, how do you feel about the hero trailer and just like hero as a character? So you told me to watch the the revealing, like the reveal trailers, and I started back from 1999 with the very like there's an hour and a half thing. <laughs> so I I got through an hour of it in my lunch break, and then I didn't finish it. So so you didn't watch the trailers for the I, yeah you didn't specify for oh the new DLC goodness. that we're gonna talk about. I'm sorry. sorry. I messed. No, I messed up. No, um, you're good. 
Here, I'll send okay. I'll send you a link right now. <laughs> Pull this up. I have it running in the background as we're doing this. Okay. Uh, All right. I was going to do that, but I didn't want to be too distracted from the stream itself, no, too. So I've been doing it. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. Put it on in the background. Um, yeah, so if I recall correctly, this hero was leaked. And if you... If you look ahead, there's actually a surprising amount of characters that were leaked in some fashion. Uh, yeah. Do you remember there was always there was like the leak going around, like oh yeah, Eldr Eldritch, El Elric. The, well, yeah, because there were code names in the in the in the uh, the code. There were like hidden. There there were file names for the characters essentially that like yeah. weren't they were they were like coded messages that kind of hinted at what the characters were going to be. And so yeah, it was like. What did you say it was? Elric? Like, Elric was is the character's name. name. It's like the canon yeah. name for the, the protagonist or something? Well, specifically from Dragon Quest Eleven. Right, right. But, like, yeah. So, Hero was technically leaked ahead of time. So, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, man, this is a bit of a bummer. Because, like, oh, I know. We know this character's definitively coming. Every, every character that was leaked in some fashion felt, like, a little bit diminished. Yeah, and you also um, have to remember that this was hero was revealed six months after joker was revealed i think only yeah, a few a months after gap. he released because because uh hero was during e3 2019 so the following year from joker in june um and like you said it had been leaked beforehand so there was kind of this big build-up to hero coming out or, or being announced and the i remember the reveal trailer just leaving me whelmed you know, like I saw it coming because of the leaks. I don't have any personal affinity towards the Dragon Quest series in like in terms of heroes in game mechanics. Nothing really interested me. In fact, quite the opposite. I was very disinterested by hero and like the way that his his RNG mechanics work. Yeah, so he's the RNG character. He, yeah. he has a list of four abilities <laughs> that cycles through different things. So you can never guarantee what's going to come up. His his smash attacks can crit at random. So it's just like... I forgot about that. Yeah, people were really down on him when he initially came out because of that factor of, like, people... In Professional Smash Bros., people reduce the amount of variability as much as possible. That's why there's no yes. items. That's why the stage list is, like, designated to eight specific stages because they're trying to remove any chance random thing causing someone to win or lose a game. It's, they want it to come down entirely to player skill. Um, tripping in Brawl. <laughs> yeah, tripping in Brawl. That's why <laughs> Brawl Competitive didn't last long at all. And Melee's yep. still going. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think one of the, the biggest issues with it was uh when his menu pops up there were there was a player i think salem was called out for this uh where anytime he played against a japanese player he specifically would play hero because the japanese players couldn't read the english uh list of spells as it popped up so and he i remember he Sorry, go, continue. He always claimed he wasn't doing it specifically because they were Japanese players. He claimed it was a matchup thing. Like, who need to play Raito? He's like, oh yeah, I think Hero's good into Duck Hunt. And it's just like, yeah, sure, I, I but mean, there seems to be a pattern here. There, I have a, I mean, I'm kind of on both sides of that of that story because I remember that being a concern, right? I remember, I remember it being a huge thing. Like, oh, like we have to, like, there's no Hero's a problem because there's no universal Smash language, and not all Japanese players can read English, and you know, almost no English players can read Japanese. So, like, there's no, like, if you're playing against an interregional player, then you know, Hero is just using a blind spell at you. But I don't remember Salem specifically being called out for, like, using that to his advantage. I only remember him kind of championing the character. Yeah, no, I, I specifically remember. We were at uh, our buddy Corey's house playing board games, and we were watching uh, a big tournament on his projector. And I specifically remember the Raito-Salem um, match, where they played, and then people were talking about it afterwards. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, so Hero has kind of always been a very contentious character, you know. It's this one was like it was the second character to come from a JRPG, which is also pretty funny, but it was like Hero definitely felt like it was catering to the eastern audience, right? Cuz Dragon Quest is massive in Japan, and yes. it's not it's not as popular in the states. So like I know a, f a few people who are like who are pretty big fans of it, but I have never 
tried to play the series. Uh, and so this one didn't really strike home with me, and I never found much fun actually playing the character. Jeff, you played a random... Jeff was playing random characters today, and he played a game as hero, and the first thing he does is kamikaze and, and kill himself <laughs> level one, or first yeah. stock. Which is, like, funny in, in a certain sense, but also, like, I'm sure Jeff didn't really feel good about it after. <laughs> it's a legitimate so, strategy. It, it can be sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. But yeah. the problem is, you know, unless you're spamming down B and just, you know, filtering through spells to try and get the one you want, then it's, like, then it's can be viewed as very lame and very uninteractive and, and not fun to play against, so... Yeah. yeah, he's so definitely a polarizing character. I think. I think for for me personally, he was he was mostly a dud. I have basically no interest in the character being in the game or playing as him whatsoever. Yeah, so. I do think it was cool that they gave him four alts that were four, four different versions of the hero from the Dragon Quest series. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the one thing that all of these DLC characters share is that they are very uh very good at showcasing the history of their of their respective series Mm. uh so but if you want to talk about history then leave it to no other than banjo and kazooie the uh complete (laughs) antithesis of the previous reveal trailer which happened in the same nintendo direct e3 2019 as hero uh they were at they're spaced pretty far. I think like hero heroes literally started hero started the direct and banjo ended it no, yeah. actually, that's not true. No, Breath of the Wild Two ended at that direct. Uh, but I remember very vividly where I was when this happened, uh, because I remember being slightly disappointed by the hero reveal trailer. Yeah. And I remember Banjo was rumored, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. It wasn't like confirmed yet, so we were we were going into it with with excitement, and we since it had been six months from Joker, we had an inkling that there were going to be two reveal trailers during this direct. Uh, and so once it finally got to the end, and it's Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong and King K. Rule. No, before that, okay, it okay, does okay. the thing that happens at the beginning of K. Rule's trailer, which shows all the villains. There's like splash screens of Mario fighting Bowser and yep. um, Zelda and Link fighting Ganondorf, Kirby fighting Meta Knight. Uh-huh. Uh, so it makes you think, and that was at the beginning of the K. Rule trailer. So you're like, oh, we're going to get a villain. This is so cool. And then it goes into K. Rule, Donkey Kong, and Diddy Kong all hanging out together, um, and it's the beginning. It's the beginning of the King K. Rule trailer where they're in the house. Um, yeah, 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 and yeah, and that's the really cool thing is here. It's a direct callback to the King K. Rule trailer, um, except K. Rule's now in it. And then uh, I don't know what you guys were doing, but I was watching this at work uh, with a couple coworkers, and the second the jiggy bounced across the screen, I pounded my fists on my desk and I stood up and I just was like, yeah. I was so because I knew instantly. I'm like, that's that's yeah. a jiggy. This is banjo. I uh, I wasn't working at the time, so I was in my room with with a friend of mine with Jordan, uh, and we were watching it, and the same exact thing happened to me as the second I saw the jiggy, I was just like, it's fucking banjo. Like, <laughs> oh, like, dude, it's the the exact reaction that every other person who has any kind of affinity for this game has when a character gets revealed. It's just like you just get so elated and i was so so i was so hyped because the funny thing is he didn't notice that it was a jiggy right so like i'm sitting there freaking out and he's still like what are you sure and then you know seconds later they do the fake out again with duck hunt dog oh my god so yeah the fake out in the k rule trailer is like it's the silhouette of k rule and then ddd rips off like a costume and it's just ddd and then k rule comes and punches (laughs) ddd and they do the same thing where it's like the silhouette of banjo and kazooie and then they he like bends down and then it's just duck hunt uh with (laughs) the dog and the bird and it's really funny and then banjo falls out of the sky and like crushes him and it's it's just so perfect yeah and like the fact that Banjo made it into this game, he was like the number one character going into all of this that I wanted to see in the game. He's a character that I felt like could have fit in any Smash game. Like, even back in the N64 game, Banjo would have fit perfectly. Whereas I don't think you can say that about any other character. Uh, and I was just so happy to see him in this game because he's just... He's he's like the last great mascot left that needed to be in Smash. Um 
so this trailer was really really cool and made me super happy uh yeah i would say the same argument could maybe be made for characters like crash bandicoot but the difference with that is that banjo's home was nintendo like yeah, until Microsoft sure. until Microsoft bought Rare, Banjo was a Nintendo character. I so would... th- for the re- for that reason, him being in N sixty four Smash in Melee would have just like nobody would have questioned it. Like it wouldn't have exactly. been as it would have made sense. It would have made too much sense almost. Like I'm surprised honestly that he wasn't in the Smash sixty four version over characters like Captain Falcon, right? Yeah, like, it's the only reason is because he wasn't a first party. He was a yeah. second party character. Um. Yeah, so, so like like you said, Jeff, this Banjo has been at the top of everybody's list for the last 20 years, and to see him finally get his due and be in this game was, is probably the most like uh, cathartic moment of this entire run of DLC for everybody. You know, it, 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 like Hero was the the Eastern character, it was it was seen almost immediately like Banjo is the character for the West, right? For sure, yeah. So, with the excitement level that I had with Banjo being put in the game, you can imagine my disappointment matching it when he ended up, in the grand scheme, probably being the weakest of all the DLC fighters. Ar- arguably, which, yeah. Which really bums me out. Um, I wanted him to be good. He he His whole kit is centered around... Uh, not the whole kit. His, his biggest... His, yeah, his biggest tool. His DLC gimmick is Wonder Wing, which is his side B, which is this insanely powerful attack that you can only do five times uh, stock. But the problem is, it's very easy to predict, it's very punishable, and you can only do it five times. And it's his best recovery tool. Per stock. I honestly think you could have it be unlimited times a stock, and he would be... It wouldn't make balanced. a difference. Yeah, he'd be a perfectly balanced character. Red Wing, uh, not perfectly, but like, but like it wouldn't make him. It. it wouldn't make him busted. No, people still wouldn't play him. Honestly, yeah. Um, I so mean, it, you never know. Because if you can, if it's unlimited, I mean, then you can literally so you have you can stall. not hesitate to use it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a bummer to me that he ended up being the weakest because I wanted to put a lot of time to him, and I did for a while. Yeah. I played a lot of banjo. Um. I still like picking him up and playing him every once in a while. Uh, but yeah, it's I like playing as him too, but it's like you said, he's not, it's not even that he's just, it's not that he's bad. It's that he has such a like non-cohesive kit, like nothing in his kit really works with itself. Right. Like his other main tool besides wonder wing is his grenades, which like, have a lot of very weird interactions don't necessarily combo into a lot of stuff it could it can lead to some pretty campy gameplay styles where you're only throwing out grenades and uh your your eggs that's Um, the problem is to play him well you have to play super campy and boring yeah and so like a lot of his a lot of his normals don't really combo into each other or set each other up in any regard uh his neutral air is almost the perfect kind of neutral air to start drag down combos, but you can't do that because it's so inconsistent on what side the opponent lands on. Yeah. There's no way to determine if he's going to be in front or behind you. It just seems yeah. to be random. And so there's nothing really like meshing with the individual parts of his kit, even though each of those parts like represents the series very well. Like a lot, like like I said, like every character in this list. All of the moves are like made with love and with deep reference to each of their respective games, and Banjo is no exception to that. The problem is, if you're looking at it from a competitive viewpoint, it doesn't really work in any capacity. Mm, which uh, is unfortunate. Yeah, but there are still top players who champion the character. I think Raito is a Banjo main now. Like the last few, is he? I, I I don't know. Like the last few tournaments I've seen him place top eight, and he's it only lists Banjo as his character. He doesn't list Duck Hunt at all. So interesting. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, Rido Rido might cool. be a solo Banjo now, uh, which would be cool because I more than any of the other characters want to see Banjo represented in top play. Most of the time with these characters, you know, they can be fun for the for the layman, for the average player like Jeff and I. But like, it's only until they get championed at a top level that. It, like you're really able to to appreciate what this character can do in the game. Yeah. I mean, is is like I really like. I don't want to say I don't enjoy watching banjo plays, but I've never really seen many banjo highlights either. You know? Well, that's because there's no so nobody who plays yeah. him. The only like I, real instance of it was when banjo had come out tweak 
did a tournament of solo banjo and i think he got like fifth right yeah. which isn't which isn't bad but tweak is also one of the best players to play the game yeah leon uh, also secondaries banjo uh after bowser and he'll bust him out for very specific matchups and he said recently he's like i think i'm gonna you know play him a bit more just because i really like playing him yeah and i think and that's something that you and i jeff have kind of learned to uh, uh accept a little more to embrace the, the mindset of play characters you love not because they're they're good or you think you're going to win with them but you know just yeah. play them because you love them and that's why i have always considered like i'm going to put some time into banjo because i really i really like the character and i really yeah. love banjo's history with with smash or with the with the nintendo landscape even so yeah that's why i started playing random today because it's just like i came to the realization like I love this character or this game and I love so many characters in it and I don't want to choose. I'll have fun playing almost any character in this game. So keyword almost. And, yeah. And then I, I'll get someone I don't like and I'm just like, well, this will be fun. We'll see how <laughs> and then, this goes. And then I get, I get bodied. Unless you play Donkey Kong and destroy me like you did. Apparently my Donkey Kong's incredible. Who knew? Which I was specifically going against my Samus though. <laughs> Different story. Yeah. But, uh, so I guess with that we'll move on to Terry. I couldn't think of a good segue for that one. So the day that Banjo was released, we learned about Did we? Andrew, was it the day Andrew, you were released? Look a little sick. Are yeah. you, you feeling all right? I are am you, are not you okay? okay. I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the day that Banjo came out because I remember I went to a tournament at a uh, buddy's house of mine, and it was the day Banjo came out, and I was watching the Terry reveal on my phone, and then a couple hours later I downloaded banjo on my switch it's like do i want to play as banjo in the finals of this tournament no i'm not gonna do it i'm not ready <laughs> so um but yeah terry belgard from yeah uh, king of fighters another another character like hero that i had no affinity for mm-hmm. i think it was this one was also leaked ahead of time yes. people it was like a couple days beforehand there was like a big snk leak that like oh it's gonna be an snk fighter and like the thing the one that made the most sense was terry yeah Yeah. i have to say too the only leak i knew about was the last character um but also you guys are swimming through the news and all the gaming you know up to dates and you're following all the information so i'm a little out of that so but I just just want to comment that. Yeah. Because well, <laughs> I think like three out of the you know two out of yeah. three we just went over. You're like, no, yeah, trust the spoiler. Me. I'm like, what? every every waking moment of my life for the last ten to fifteen years has been scrounging for any new information whatsoever about Super Smash Brothers. Sure, any gotcha. any new yeah. character rumors, any leaks, any speculation, any like side projects even like i was looking up stuff for like super smash flash back in the day and like i got really into project m at one point and now i'm like really interested in like the new project m expansions like legacy and uh project plus uh so like every i'm always looking for smash stuff so i was always very hyper aware of everything that was happening uh but yeah so terry gets terry did get leaked ahead of time so going into this we kind of knew that it was going to be him but and so the trailer in that regard didn't really work for me because the trailer does this thing where it really plays into the idea of the smash envelope and it like falling through the grasp of so many SNK characters, right? Until, you know, it goes through 20 different sets of hands and then finally settles on the ground and Terry Bogard picks it up. Yeah. Um, I think this probably would have worked super well if you are a fan of any of the SNK, like uh, King of 100%. Fighters. What's the other one? King of Fighters. Metal Slug? And, uh, no, the other Virtua they, Fighter. They have another big fighting game. I don't know anything about <laughs> SNK really. Yeah. Anyways, I, King of Fighters is their big one. Yeah. Um, uh, Fatal Fury. Oh yeah, That's you know the is. thing that Terry is, 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 is hat says. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So if you were familiar with those games and knew who those characters were, I bet you'd be like, "Whoa, whoa! This reference is so yeah, cool." But I never, I'd never heard of Terry before this. I, yeah, I had know? only vaguely heard of King of Fighters and and um fatal fury before this but like we said with joker like this is a way to introduce us to an entire new franchise and i didn't go and play any of those games but i'm super happy that terry ended up being here i think he's a cool character yeah like you personally when he came out really got i love playing as terry 
Yeah, he's really fun. My roommate um, and I can still, to this day, whenever we play Smash together, we like play Terry Dittos just because we just <laughs> think that he's such a fun, cool character. Just like fr- outside of his kit, just his personality is really cool. Like you alluded to earlier, Nick, are you okay? Has been like, <laughs> I still quote it to this day. I, I, I yeah, still I say, say mm-hmm. I still make reference to like Jab Jab Power Dunk, which is like a thing that he does. Buster Wolf. I remember, I remember when yeah. he came out, I made it. <laughs> a goal to beat Jeff in a best of five with him. And it took me a little while. It did, but you ended up doing it. <laughs> yeah. And just because yeah. like, his, I, I was his, just like, I just love uh, this. I just dig this character's vibe so much. Yeah. You know? He's probably he, the character out of everyone who I knew the least about, but ended up like liking his inclusion. The most yeah. like whatever that Venn diagram is. He's yeah. like, yeah. he's the sweet spot in the middle, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Terry's just really cool. And I'm glad he's here. I hate Shodos, which there's this whole grand argument about what a Shoto is, but for me, Shoto's in Smash are just fighting game characters. Uh, okay. So Shoto is technically the specific clan or dojo that Ken and Ryu trained in or something. Who I don't gives a fuck? Know. Um, but it's yeah. a, he's a fighting game character, which is I, the main draw. Yeah, I so am he of has... the camp that the fighting game characters just feel bad to play against with like the auto turnaround and stuff. It's kind yeah, of busted. Unless you are literally coming from the fighting game scene, in which case mm-hmm. it probably feels pretty natural to you. But yeah. I think out of all of them, Terry is the easiest to pick up uh, from them because I could agree with that. He like in order like the thing with Terry is you don't have to memorize the inputs to do well with him. Whereas Ryu and Ken are really good, but you have to put in the time and you have to learn the specific minutia of like light versus heavy inputs and like the specific uh, command inputs with the control stick in order to really maximize, you know, the different variations of his moves. Whereas Terry, like you have to know, you have to know two inputs for Terry and they only exist when you're at 100 percent which is Buster Wolf and, and Power Geyser. And Power Geyser, you really don't even use that much in, in competitive. So, like, Buster Wolf is really the only one you're going to go for. Uh, and it's a pretty easy thing to remember, too. Uh, which, th- that's the tricky part about some of the other stuff, is that, especially once we get to, like, Kazuya, like, learning all of yeah. that stuff is ridiculous. But you you didn't even use the shortcuts for Terry, because, like, you could do the real inputs, which are, like, dragon circles and whatnot. Oh, where it's just, like... Back down, back down, A. For I did I did it for power dunk. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, for specifically for the two moves that are unlocked with Go, um, which is when he gets to a hundred percent. And was this the first? No, Joker had a comeback mechanic. Um, yeah. Oh, we didn't comeback... even talk about our send with Joker. Yeah, comeback mechanics were kind of a big thing for DLCs. Uh, Terry was another one that had a comeback mechanic with his Go meter uh, when he gets to over a hundred percent. Uh, he gets access to two new insanely strong moves. And they had, like, you could do them like you would do them in the King of Fighters uh, games, but there were shortcuts that were, like, super easy to do. Are there? Just like, yeah, back diagonal, back ni- diagonal B, as opposed to, like, doing all the sweeps. Oh. You can just go, do do. Yeah, no, um, I don't do that. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. There's, like, two super quick shortcuts for those, um, which is really cool. Yeah, but yeah, I think we all seem to agree that Terry being added to this game was uh yeah Terry's pretty was a cool. win. Absolutely. Uh, all right. And yeah, so <laughs> Nick Monaco definitely a very another divisive character. Rounding out the <laughs> first pack of DLC is Byleth, who is the protagonist from Fire Emblem Three Houses, and not Kylo Ren. Right. That. So I was gonna bring that up because my fa- <laughs> my single favorite moment from this entire hype cycle and like waiting for characters to come out is when Jeff and I were watching the Byleth reveal trailer and there is a brief shot of Byleth standing with the sword from a distance and it looks like Kylo Ren's lightsaber looks- and Jeff next to me is like, is that Kylo Ren? Dude, I'm telling you, it looked just like the his like three-pronged lightsaber mm-hmm. and I was it- like, there's no way. <laughs> This breaks everything. This changes the game. Um, it's the lightsaber of the creator. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I yeah, I the, I loved that moment so much, and I still think about it. There's a there's a thread I sent you a while ago, Jeff, which is like a collection of Smash reaction uh, videos yeah. where the person says the wrong character. That, that was a very funny. <laughs> They're so video. funny. 
So that was there was another person who did that. I think it was uh it was is a guy I watch on YouTube actually, and he was like, "Oh my God, it's Kylo Ren, right?" And so like that was really I funny. You but a picture Nick of yeah. the exact moment. As for the character itself, I had recently played Fire Emblem Three Houses. Jeff, I As know I. you had played it the year before. <laughs> yeah. And I think Nick. That's was, amazing. Nick, did Sorry you did you play Fire Emblem Three Houses before or after this reveal trailer? Very after. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was so. Byleth in Smash was an inspiration for you to go play it, correct? That's right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah, I was having fun. I was we like, still, and like as a joke, every too. champion that comes out is my new main. Or just if I play random, random's my new main. Yeah. Um, I mean Jeff and I were but, playing today and Jeff got Byleth and Randoms, and at the same time we both were like, Bleh! And I spammed my neutral air. <laughs> it, yeah, and it worked. Yes, it's very good. But super fun to play. Um Debatable. But yeah, it inspired me to play the game. I'm like, well, all right, well, what's this character's deal? What, where the hell is he slash she from? And to uh, this day, you still send me Fire Emblem Three Houses memes like <laughs> once a week, every other week. So, yeah. It never ends, and I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I have uh, I, I have almost the exact opposite relationship to this, where I played Fire Emblem Three Houses before this character got revealed. So I was really happy that that. You know, in a sense, that Byleth got in the game because like, I love that game and I love the character. But as a Smash fan through and through, I was like, I really didn't need another Fire Emblem character to be yeah. in this game, especially the, the way Byleth uh. works. Just does not click with me. I think MK Leo playing Byleth at a top level and pushing the boundaries of what the character is pa- capable of is really, really interesting, mm. and I like watching MK Leo play it. Because Byleth was un- probably until MK Leo championed the character considered a low tier to a mid tier. So watching MK Leo do some shit with it is is pretty fun. But as for me personally, I just do not find the kit very interesting whatsoever. Uh, but I love the game. Yeah, I think it's cool what they decided to do with the kit. Instead of it just being another flat out sword character, they incorporated using each direction uh, is assigned to a different weapon, so all of your forward moves are spears, all of your neutral moves are bow, all of your down moves are the axe. Right. Uh, and then all of your up moves are the sword? I think the up moves are whips. Oh, uh, yeah. The sword. And tilts are the sword, too. But right, yeah. yeah. And I do appreciate that from a diversity standpoint, because obviously the reason nobody wants Fire Emblem characters is because they're all just basic sword wielders. But yeah. Byleth actually does something a little bit different. But yeah. unfortunately for me, the way that they did that doesn't really mesh with me. Same thing with Robin. It's like I think of a, a magic user in from Fire Emblem is really, really cool. But the way that it works in Smash doesn't really doesn't really work. Yeah, they they compensated like all of the utility that those two characters have, all of the utility those two characters have by making them slower and feel like clunky and like mm-hmm. like we were talking about with Joker. When you play Joker, you can do anything and be anywhere, and it just feels so freeing and like the the fluidity of him is insane. It feels like you're playing top level melee with him. Whereas you move to these characters, you're like, oh, I'm limited to what I can do because of my movement options, and it's like. Movement in competitive video games always seems to be the number one determining factor on if something is good or not. Like, even look at a game that we all love, League of Legends. The most mobile champions are always at the top of the competitive meta because being able to maneuver around the map or maneuver around a battle is so much more important than any, like, raw damage you can do at the highest level. because it inherently creates more options for you. It allows you to put yourself in situations more frequently that let you use the other parts of your kit to your advantage whereas just having like a big laser beam on a stick doesn't really doesn't really do anything if you can't actually like get in the position to use it and the same thing applies to smash you know yeah for sure um Uh, yeah but with all that being said the undisputed best player in the world picked up this character and is beating everyone else with it so Sometimes that doesn't always matter. And people considered Byleth to be like a low mid-tier character since their release. And now people are like, maybe high tier. Maybe <laughs> they're a top tier. So yeah. it only takes the best player in the world beating everyone with a character to make them see them for what they truly are. I think mm-hmm. that speaks to two things more than anything else. Number one being the game's overall balance, which is like when we say low to mid-tier, those characters are still pretty good. 
Like yes. the only reason they're not higher top tier is because the high and top tiers are ridiculously good. You know, yeah. like the reason that Joker is one of the two best characters in the game is like we said, because of his movement, because of his frame data, which is the most important thing really. Uh, and uh, the other thing it speaks to is MKLeo's player skill and how important overall player skill is to the competitive landscape of this game. Because a character can be as good as you want, but unless the, the player piloting it like uses it to their advantage, uses it, uses it intelligently, then it's not going to do shit for you, you know? Jeff yeah. had a stint pretty recently where he was playing Joker, one of the two best characters in the game, and I was kind of slapping him around for a little bit. With, you know? with Lucas, who a lot of people consider to be a mid-tier. Yeah, and it's, it's just probably... because I was using Lucas, you know, a little bit more intelligently, and, and you know, there's a, a number of factors, obviously, that go into it. I'm not just trying to say that I was pooping on Jeff or anything, but... I think you were flexing but... on me on the podcast. <laughs> no, I, well, yeah, I, I think you were. There have hey, been plenty I, of times I where I beat your Ryu fifty-six sets in a row. It's right, that did happen. No, and Jeff <laughs> shits on me with like lower tier characters all the time too. You know, like there's there's a lot a lot of uh, yeah, you've, your Lucario has gotten exponentially better in the last three days, and even with Falco, like a lot of people don't really consider Falco to be that good of a character. Yeah, Falco's not a good character. You should probably get buffed one more two times before the game's done. <laughs> You get you get out of here. <laughs> Taco's uh, really bad. He's the worst Spacey by far. <laughs> but anyway, Byleth. So Byleth is like it's like they can be seen as as a pretty good character, but yeah. it's just they're, they're unconventional in, in I Smash think, Bros. sense. I think there is objectively only two characters in this game that are bad and like cannot win a tournament, and that's Ganondorf and Little Mac. I think after yeah. that, even yeah. if you get to the low tiers of like. Isabel, or the Belmont, or Doctor Mario. Doctor Mario, like you see, like champions of these characters, like Jigglypuff and Incineroar, two often bottom ten characters, just got ninth place in a major tournament that had Tweak, Spargo, and Leo, who were the top three players in the world and at the tournament. Incineroar was one of the winning doubles characters. Yeah, so it's like. They're truly, in my mind, are only two unplayable, unwinnable characters in this game. I would add Dr. Mario to that list, honestly. Not with the new buffs. Really? Just saying, Do the new watch buffs out do a lot? Uh, Louis, they're pretty Louis significant. Money? There is a um, Japanese Dr. Mario who was doing work. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then with the buffs, I'm curious to see how it goes. Just saying. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, Byleth, round it out. So, before we move on to Fighters Pass 2, how do we feel about Fighters Pass 1 as a whole? We got... Uh, it was all third party. No, I was I lied. Byleth is first party. Everyone else is third party. Yes. Uh, how do we feel about it? I thought it was pretty decent overall. Um, I think yeah. I think. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry. Uh, I think the <laughs> highs of Joker being the first were not met throughout the rest of it. I think the reveal of Banjo was matched with Joker, but the the actual character of Banjo was not matched with Joker, so it like started super high and kind of went downhill as it went. But I was pretty satisfied overall. With There was no character that I actively disliked. I was like, I don't want this character in the game, or I hate this character, like playing against this character or as this character. Like Balance-wise, Joker, obviously, top character in the game, but everyone else is like, like a, in the, the mega pool of like good playable characters so yeah i was pretty satisfied satisfied with it as a whole yeah i think in retrospect i actively dislike hero but really yeah but that's like you know when he got revealed the all the lead things leading up and maybe up until this point i was i, I was fine with it uh mm. but but like now looking back on it after everything i'm like i could do without you know yeah what are your uh, thoughts, Nick? um i mean overall and like after the the analysis too i guess we'll call it but um you know great additions to the game like definitely like all of them brought like i yeah i don't know their own they they were all put in there for a great reason you know yeah. like i can't i can't argue but oh they shouldn't be in there that's like to i couldn't say that to any of them even though i don't i didn't know joker hero or terry
Hey everyone, so this episode went really, really long, so we're going to split it up into two parts. Uh, it felt very fitting that it was two DLC passes, so the second pass will be discussed in the next episode, um, as well as maybe some rankings for the DLC characters. Who knows? We'll get into the, maybe the more holistic discussion of it, but you know, stay tuned for that. Bye.